You're listening to audio from Gospel Light Christian Church. If you'd like to check out more of our resources or support our ministry, please visit gospellight.sg. All right, I think today we're going to talk about a topic called the final destination. <clears throat> now, many of our people actually are flying to their dream destinations now. I believe that I can imagine there was a bit of a traffic jam uh, yesterday at Changi Airport, everybody's rushing to catch, maximize the school holidays, including our dear pastor, Pastor Jason, probably contributed to the traffic jam yesterday. You know, all his kids excited to go to Japan. You know, that's their dream destination. Some are going to Melbourne, some are going cycling, some are going mountain climbing, whatever. Everybody has some dream destination. Now, you might feel a bit left behind today, but I want to assure you you will feel sorry for all those guys who went out today because you're going to go on a journey to the best destination ever. All right? This is not Chan Brothers or whatever, I don't know what, tour guide group. This is the Bible going to take us on the greatest journey, a travel journey to the ultimate destination. Okay, so get your seatbelts. Get ready for the most exciting journey of your life. <clears throat> now, in Gospel Light, we tend to tell people, or we try to repeat it, there are only two destinations for every human being on earth, every single human being, all right? It doesn't matter which era you're from, which education, which culture, you either end up in hell, which is your rightful place, or you end up in another place which we are going to talk about. There are only two destinations. And that's why in Gospel Light, we make it a point to always preach this gospel because we don't want even our worst enemy to end up in the lake of fire that burns forever and ever. Now, that's a place we all deserve. I deserve that place. I mean, quite frankly, I don't even need to tell you anything. If you can see my brain and know the thoughts that went through my brain this morning and last night, none of you will be sitting here today. That's how rotten this thing is. If you can see my heart, the feelings in my heart, there won't be anyone sitting here today except to throw rocks at me, right? Because that's how rotten we are. You know the words I uttered in my mouth, which I'm thankful you didn't hear, you, the stuff I listened to, the glances I look at. Now, if you can see me, I'm already condemned. I'm not even talking about the high standard of God. I'm not even talking about the all-seeing eye of God. You can just see a little bit of me, I tell you, you wouldn't like me, and honestly, if I could see a bit of you, I wouldn't like you. <clears throat> I wouldn't want to spend a long time with you except to send you away. Now, we all deserve hell. There's no running away from it, okay? There's a holy God. He hates our sin, and we all deserve to go there. But God doesn't want us there, so God sent his son, Jesus Christ, who made a way for us who took those sufferings, paid the penalty on the cross, and then <clears throat> said, it is finished. The debt is paid. And he died, was buried, and the third day he rose from the dead to prove what he said was true. Then we know the rest of the story. He incarnated, he resurrected, and then he rose up to heaven, and he's at the right hand of God. Now we know one day, for all those who trust him, he will come back for us. All right? So we know there's two destinations. One destination, hell. That's it's too horrible even to imagine. A place where you have fire that never ends, a body never burns out, never becomes soot, never becomes ashes. All right? A place where you scream and yell forever and never end screaming and yelling. You never, your sore throat will never stop screaming. Your skin will never burn out. It's too horrible even to describe. <clears throat> Now, that's why people are terrified of death. Most of you know I've been a doctor for many, many years. And even when a person's life is so pathetic, so miserable, every part of his body is aching and, and in agony, he clings on to life. Why? Because deep in his heart, he knows. I mean, with all that pain, don't you want to say, just go? Sometimes they do, out of desperation. 
But for most people, they're terrified of the day of judgment because they know there is a day of judgment. They know they are a sinner. They know there is a God who saw everything. It's written in the heart of man. But for the rest of us who have trusted Jesus as Savior, while John 3.16, for God so loved the world, he gave his only begotten son, whosoever believed in him will not perish, but have everlasting life. All right? It sounds good. It sounds wonderful. But you know, for most Christians, in fact, the vast majority of you here, that's everlasting life. It's better than fire. It's better than burning. It's better than screaming. You ask people, hey, Christian, what is heaven? No pain, pastor. No death. No suffering. No frustration. No irritating people. No horrible bosses. Oh, no, 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 no. All right? Plenty of no's. But what else? This is the answer. And deep in their heart, that's printed in their head. Sit on a cloud, weightless, some kind of spirit-like being, a bit scary to be honest with you. Honest, a bit scary to be a spirit, right? <clears throat> Floating by yourself. Honestly, no irritating people because the other guy is a bit far. <laughs> And then you ask them, what do you do every day? Worship, Lord. Worship God, God, in God's presence, you know. So what do you do? Hallelujah, okay? After 24 hours, hallelujah, hallelujah, you'll probably go crazy, right? Let's be honest. You probably wish you brought your cell phone, right? And you can charge it up there. You probably brought, you wish you brought a magazine at least. All right? Now, is that what you're headed for? Well, truth be told, for most of you, yes. It's certainly better than hell. But it's not a place you put your heart to. It's not a place you say, whoa, I'm dreaming of going there. For many of you, the gospel is an escape from hell. It's a past exit permit from hell. But as a final destination, what is it to you? Okay? Now, is that all wrong? Is that a lie? That's not a lie, that's a half-truth. You know, Satan always uses half-truths. It is true, one day we'll be a disembodied spirit. Let's say PC, all right? Let's say today I drop dead here while preaching, okay? I collapse here, and then what happens? My body goes, plonk! My spirit leaves me, right? Hey, you agree no theology, all right? Okay? <laughs> You don't say, wow, PC died already, Habis, ah, gone already. No, no, no. Don't worry. Pastor's body here, spirit already with the Lord. We know that, right? Huh? Okay. <clears throat> I'm sure you know this theology, right? <clears throat> we have good courage. We'd rather be away from the body at home with the Lord. Well, our pastor is at home with the Lord. But then his stupid body is still here. <clears throat> so what is he? He's a spirit. So he's up there somewhere. <clears throat> with the Lord, which is absolutely true. <clears throat> okay? Remember that Jesus said this to the, to the condemned criminal on the cross by his side? He said, truly I say to you, today will be with paradise. He said it. Everybody heard it. And then what happens is the fellow dies, <clears throat> the condemned criminal. And then they take his corpse down and they probably throw it on the floor and kick it in a ditch and let the dogs eat his body. And people say, huh? He's with Jesus in paradise. He's being eaten by dogs. <clears throat> but of course, what we mean is that his body is there, but his spirit is with the Lord. And that is true. Okay? It will happen for me at some point. It will happen for you at some point. <clears throat> so where do we go? We go to a waiting room. <clears throat> Sorry, this is not high-end theology. This is simple understanding of theology. Right? A waiting room. Imagine Pastor Jason and his kids yesterday. They all went to Changi Airport, all right? All ready to eat sushi or whatever. <clears throat> all excited. And then they go to Changi Airport. Eh, hey, wow, eat McDonald's again. Ah, 
Relax, la. this is only Changi Airport, we're not there yet. Then you go to the plane, another, I don't know how many hours to Japan, eight hours or whatever. You sit in the plane, well, cup noodles, ah. Scoot Airline, ah. too long. La. Relax, la. this is a waiting room, la. you can't understand, this is transit, we haven't reached there yet, you get it? Nobody makes waiting rooms exciting. Changi Airport tries to do it with Jewel, up to a point. But it's not exactly the real deal. You put a waterfall, woo, you look after two minutes. See and now. Right? But, you know, what do you expect from a transit room? We all have to go to a transit room, waiting for one day. One fine day we get to our destination. All right? So, uh, that's called the resurrection. Uh, this is Christian theology 101. Huh? We always believe Christ on the third day rose from the dead, bodily rose from the dead, and one day he will come back for me and my body and my spirit will be reunited and I will be a resurrected PC, not a floaty kind of hard to grasp being that I'll be in the waiting room of heaven. Okay? So when many of you think of heaven, you think of the waiting room. <clears throat> because that's the only sermon you heard on heaven. For most of you here, the only sermon you heard on, on heaven is at a funeral, right? You know the pastor, like, we're black, very serious. I want to comfort all of you. <clears throat> bling, bling, bling. <laughs> the dearly beloved, <laughs> his body is here. We are thankful all his sufferings are over. But we know his spirit is with the Lord. That's probably the only time you heard a sermon on heaven. Do you know that? At a funeral. How many of you heard a sermon in, about heaven in a church? Huh? Not funeral. Huh? How many of you? Honestly. You say, wow, Pastor, I heard this sermon in my church on the final destination about heaven. How many of you heard? Well, this is worse than the first crowd. The first crowd, I had three. <laughs> Two from one family, one from another family. You see, the only time you hear about a sermon on heaven, which is our final destination, it is about the intermediate heaven where the body is in the coffin and the spirit is with the Lord. Right? And that's it. Imagine... Pastor Jason's kids come back and say, hey, how's the holiday? Well, Changi Airport, not bad. <laughs> Got McDonald's there, not bad. Lah. How's the plane? Oh, it's good, it's good, not bad. Lah. Cup noodles, quite nice. <laughs> what else you do in the plane? Nothing much. Lah. <laughs> would you be excited to go? Nobody would. If you're selling a tour, will you sell about the transit room and the time you cram in the airport, in the aeroplane? Even if you're first class, it's not very nice, right? <laughs> It's when you get there. When you take off all your baju and you're ready to wear your diving suit and you go scuba diving or when you get you know, to the mountain climbing, you wear your climbing thing and ready to go in the place, then that's where we talk. But nobody talks about that. We talk about his body is here, his spirit is there. Wow, thank God for that, you know? And that's all the sermon you hear about heaven, right? And so how many of you can get excited about going to heaven? None. Which is honestly, none of you are excited. That's the truth. We know the no, no, la, no suffering, no pain, no, 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 all those kind of things. Okay? But that's not exactly very attractive. Huh? Imagine I tell you, I'm selling you a tour, right? Hey, you want to go to Turkey? No? What's good about Turkey? I tell you what. Huh? No irritating people, all right? No, no Chinese food there, all right? right? No nasi lemak. No all those funny things we, you know, you're sien no, already, okay? What else about Turkey? Yeah, enough lah. Oh, no, 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 already. All the things you don't like, right? Your boss won't be there, okay? Your nagging grandmother won't be there, okay lah. They say, come on lah, what kind of tour group is this? Right? Now, that's exactly what we do as Christians. We don't have a destination. <clears throat> There's no end in mind, all right? So, ultimately, we believe. <clears throat> Only religion that believes it, huh? Only major religion that believes that there's a resurrection of the body. Every other religion and culture believes when a man dies, he doesn't become barbecue or bacon. There is a spirit that lives. 
All cultures believe there's a spirit that leaves that body. But Christianity is the only one that says, we will resurrect. <clears throat> All right? That is part of our belief, core part of our belief. Jesus rose from the dead. Three days after being buried, he rose from the tomb. He stood before them and said, touch me. A spirit has not flesh and bones, all right? So in a moment of twinkling of eye, the last trumpet, trumpet will sound. The dead will be raised imperishable. We shall be changed. At that point, we get to our preparation. We wear our scuba diving equipment. We put our lungs and ready to dive. We wear our hiking gear and ready to climb the mountains. That, all right? Till then, we are still in the transit room. Okay? Now, when God prepares us with a new body, for what? We sit on the cloud again? For what? When God made a body for Adam, what did he make a body for? A body can see the flowers, smell it, touch it, pluck the fruit, taste it. All right? God made the body to enjoy the physical things. And when God made that, whoa, God said, very good. The human physical body is not something we are ashamed of. It's created by God. The physical world was made by God. And you read Genesis, he said, it's good, good. Good, good, over and over again, six times, and finally said, it's very good. What was very good? The world he made. The Garden of Eden. The Adam he made. The Eve he made. All right? So, when we come back with a new body, there will also be a new earth. Okay? That creation itself will be set free from its bondage to corruption, obtain the freedom and the glory of the children of God. If you know the whole creation has been groaning together in the pains of childbirth until now. Now, we see this world, there's still pockets of beauty in it. There's no question about it. There's still a Niagara Falls that's very pretty. There's still a Himalayas that's very pretty. But we must realize that what we are seeing is something that's been degraded and for thousands of years by men. Maybe I give it in a, in a simile, all right? Imagine you were a king, you built a beautiful palace, gorgeous palace. But then you had useless kids, and then you die. That gorgeous palace you build, next generation, oh, run down already. Next generation, oh, even more run down. Next generation, oh, the toilets are not working, nothing is working, graffiti everywhere, dirt everywhere. Oh, next generation, even the windows are not opening properly, the doors are not. Next generation, oh, everybody in the, in the palace staff are quarreling one another, cheating one another. You know, by the time 50 generations, you come back and you look at the palace, assuming the papa who made the palace come back and say, wow, sorry, man, this is terrible. man." And assuming he could renovate it, he would renovate it, the old glory, plus, plus, plus. He'll now have modern sanitation. He'll probably have a garbage disposal. He'll probably have electricity in it. You know, I mean... Wi-Fi and everything. Now it's the same palace, but it's a new version of it. The glory of it can still be seen, but it's so much better. It's so much bigger. He extended it now. It used to be 100 rooms. It's 5,000 rooms now. Oh, I get it. That's what God will do to this earth that's been thousands of years degrading and degrading. All right? Is it a new concept, this new earth thing? Is it a new concept? No. Isaiah said it. For behold, I create the new heaven and a new earth, not another place. I didn't wipe this earth out and I create a new, let's call it Jupiter number three or whatever. No. Or Venus number four or whatever. I'm going to create a new earth. You get it? It's the earth. <clears throat> okay. <clears throat> What would it look like? This new earth. And they will say, the land that was desolate has become like the garden of Eden. Oh, okay. This new earth, which you say you will make, will look like, oh, your original plan. Maybe souped up. Version 2000. 
I get it. Alright? So it's not like God said, wow, my first plan, uh, Garden of Eden, not very good plan, no. Uh, I made a paradise there, put people there, animals, birds, yeah, not very good. Uh. I think I have another plan. Uh. Let's forget. No, no! When God said it was very good in Genesis 1, He made the Garden of Eden, and He says very good, and man degraded it, He said, don't worry, I'm going to make a new one. And you know what it's going to look like? Like a new Eden. Ah, okay, I'm getting it a little bit now. Then you look at Revelation 22, all right? Genesis, first two chapters. Last two chapters of the Bible. 900 chapters between. They link up. Let me read the last two, last chapter of the Bible. Does it link up to the first? Most of you know the first, right? Sunday school story about Garden of Eden, huh? The angel showed me the river of water of life, bright as crystal, flowing from the throne of God and of the Lamb through the middle of the street of the city, also on either side of the river, the tree of life with its 12 kinds of fruit, yielding its fruit each month. The tree, leaves of the tree were for the healing of the nations. Does that sound familiar? A tree? Hmm. Tree of life? I read that in Genesis. A river? Hmm. I read that in Genesis. Ah, fruit. I read that in Genesis. Ah, God. Hmm. I read God walked in the garden in Genesis. Oh, they were supposed to eat the fruit. Yeah, I read that too. Isn't that similar? Genesis chapter 1. First chapter of the Bible. Revelation 22. Last chapter of the Bible. Does it tie up? Of course. The Bible is one book. The Bible has a beginning. Well, God says, very good. And then we thought Satan won. Round one, God knocked out. <sighs> My plan all gone. <laughs> what kind of theology do you have? God can lose? No way. Satan thought he won the Garden of Eden. Satan wants you to believe that's kaput, that's gone. I stole it. And most of us say, yeah, Anyway, cloud better than lake of fire, right? Nonsense. That is theology at its worst. That is basic theology that God lost. Nonsense. If God's a loser, I don't want this God. But that's what Satan wants you to believe. And so, what's happened? Well, maybe some new thing. That one is gone already. Satan sabotaged it. What to do? Is that your theology? If that's your theology, nothing else will be right. Your whole Christianity will be shaky. God wins. The book of Revelation is not about 100 things about millennium, about rapture. People always come with that kind of stuff. Pastor, what does this verse mean? What does I say? I tell you what Revelation means. God wins. What's the summary of Revelation? God wins. What else? The Bible is one book, has a beginning, has an end. It's not 66 disjointed books. The people say, oh, I've got to study so many books in the Bible. What is this for? What is this book for? It's one book. All right? So, if that doesn't sound like Adam and Eve, uh, the Garden of Eden to you. <clears throat> Next point. Some of you don't like gardens too much. All of us like gardens, but up to a point. You ask anybody, what is your dream house? <clears throat> Bit of garden, lah, pastor. landed property. <clears throat> Even no landed, your balcony got some plants. <laughs> right? Even you can't have a big dog, one small little toy dog, doll dog in your house for hugging. <clears throat> you see, we all have the same, it's written in us. <clears throat> but you know what? If it's all garden, for many of you, you say, garden, can lah, Pastor. One week in Perth, lah, run around with a sheep, can lah. But one year, lah, a bit hard, Pastor. Eternity, very hard, Pastor. All right, don't worry, relax. But as it is, they desire a better country that is a heavenly one. Therefore, God is not ashamed to be called their God, for He's prepared for them a city. It's not a mistake, all right? And He carried me away in the spirit to a great high mountain, showed me the holy city, Jerusalem coming down out of heaven from God, having the glory of God, its radiance like a most rare jewel, 
like a jasper clear as crystal. Wow, a whole city, a whole city, a massive city, glorious, radiant. We always, when you go to cities, the bright lights, people come from Indonesia or whatever, come to Singapore, wow, you know, wow, MBS, wow, see all the lights, all right? Because that's something that attracts us. Nothing new, all right? It's not a new brain. We like bright, clear, brilliant, glorious things, right? How big is the city? The city lies four square. Its length the same as its width. He measured the city with his rod, 12,000 stadia. Well, that's a funny measurement, but in modern terms, it's 2,000. 12,000 stadia is 2,000 kilometers. And it's given. All right? Some people say, is this figurative? I say, when God tells you something in the Bible, he gives details, it's not figurative, it's real. People say, how do you know Noah is a real flood? I say, because Noah is a real man, he had a real birthday, the flood came on a real day, the, the ark landed on a real mountain. When God gives details, it's not a parable. Adam was a real guy, this is what he did. All right? Then God said, oh, God made two men, in the garden, there was some kind of garden there. He tells you where the garden is, between Tigris and Euphrates. He, when the details are given, it is to be taken literally. If I tell you an imaginary story, do I make a lot of details? Like this imaginary avatar was born on what day? His mother's name is Charlie, uh, Mary. You don't do that, right? So when they give this height, how, how big is the city? You know geography, okay? This city, if it was to fit into Europe, will fill the whole of Europe. City. Square. Europe is a bit hard to picture. It's a funny continent, right? US, easier. Most of you know continental US. If you take this 2,000 square meter thing and put into continental US, 60% of continental US. Well, New York City is 0.01%. That's big. But that's not all. 2,000 square kilometers. But the height is also 2,000 height. That's more fascinating to me. Why do people come to Singapore? High-rise buildings. Wow. You ever been to Singapore? Not? Wow, the building's so tall. You know, for many people from other countries, it's fascinating. They pay don't know how much to go to the top of the Marina Bay Sands, you know. People ask me, you ever pay? I say, it's mad I pay for that. For what? Better things to do with my money. Because one day I'm going to be there. How high is 2,000 kilometers? How many stories? Any mathematician want to try? Math. How many stories? 600,000 stories high. Singapore, 100 stories, wow, you stay in a penthouse. Oh, 100 stories, wow. Next time someone asks you, PC, where you stay? Penthouse, lah. What story? 600,000, huh? How long you live take to go up? Hey, friend, resurrected body uh, like Jesus uh, could walk through walls. Could disappear. We have the same body. It's a real body. We can smell flowers. We can taste food. We can do things. Jesus ate barbecued food. Jesus said, touch me. I have flesh and bones. Then he said, let me have breakfast. And he ate with them. My point is this. We have new bodies, right? And, you know, the, I mean, engineers will tell you the hard part about building a tall building is the elevators. Elevators limit the height of a building, right? Largely, not totally, but largely. Imagine you can get up to, hey, how long do you take to get up to 600, your penthouse? Half a second, huh? Right there only, yeah. Okay, you see, are you following me? Are you looking forward to this amazing place? We go to Disneyland, whoa, 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 you know? Wake up, lah, kids, wake up. There's a real world, not Mickey Mouse. Not Disney, not Lego. You say you believe the Bible, you believe this? Okay. So, <clears throat> cities are beautiful places, but they're also dangerous places. 
Most people like to see the city in the bright lights, but are afraid of the dark lights of the city. Because the worst pornography, the worst corruption, the worst violence, the worst everything is also found in the city. So you say, wow, city, 600,000 stories are scary. I mean, the little problem, the everything die. La. <laughs> well, in this place, the benefits of the city without the curse of the city. Okay? There will be nothing accursed, but the throne of God and of the Lamb will be in it. Second line, I want you to look at the second line, guys. Look at the second line. You won't go to heaven. Heaven will come to you. When I die today, if I die today, my spirit goes up to be with the Lord. But the second coming, when God gives me a new body, I don't go up to be with the Lord. The Lord comes down to be with me. That's a real heaven. You say, is it new heaven or new earth? Now tell me, Pastor, you say it's called new earth, new heaven. It's heaven because God's throne is there. Heaven is where God is. All right? Ah, okay. Can you imagine what God is going to do? Has it ever even crossed your mind that the throne of God is coming down to be with men? Wow. Okay? Let's now say, hey, Pastor, your theology uh, is quite shocking. One, you know? uh, I never heard before. Let me tell you, uh, pagans know this theology better than us. Early Christians, during the catacombs, times of the catacombs, catacombs where they buried the dead, they drew the new heaven and new earth. And the drawings look like the Garden of Eden. Now let's look at what the Buddhists think this is. I just took this off Google, right? The first thing I put, Buddhist view of afterlife, I just take anyhow take, okay? Now, <clears throat> what do you think their idea of afterlife is? You see elephants there? Plenty of elephants. The elephants are always the, the, the big uh, animal. You see a lot of water there? You see trees there? You see trees there everywhere? Right? You see a big city there? Huh? Okay? Now, who taught them this theology? We say, like, ah, they're very imaginative. Like, this Buddha, Buddhist things, very imaginative. Let's try another one. Indian. Uh, just Google, uh, Indian. Uh. What do you think? There's a tree there. Oh, quite interesting. Oh, got fruit or so. Uh. Oh, this lady is trying to pluck the fruit. Uh. Uh, nice, cute animals up there, right? Oh, this big animal down here also. Uh. Eh? It's like Garden of Eden. Uh. Oh, they also have this idea of paradise. Uh. Okay? Uh, let's try another one. Oh, Muslim. Persian Muslim. Well, it's all from Google. I'm not trying to con you guys anything, all right? <clears throat> wow, that nice horse. This fellow riding a nice horse. Huh? It looks like a lot of water there, man. Huh? To me, huh? Oh, a nice tree here, man. Right in the middle of it. Oh, okay. Huh? A lot of water there, huh? Okay. Does <clears throat> that look like Eden? Hey, Eden was not an experience of Christians, you know. Eden was an ancestral home of the first man, you know. He probably told the story. Just like Noah's flood, it's commonly found in many cultures because the story goes on. We once had a paradise and our ancestors lost it. We lost the paradise and the dream of everybody is how to find it again. So all kinds of religions pop up. Climb this mountain, cross this bridge, carry this lantern, ting tong, ting tong, and you get there. <clears throat> Hopefully. All right? <clears throat> Chinese. Chinese not very religious people usually. Right? This time you'll find all these funny, funny things. Huh? All right? <clears throat> what do you see here? Here, okay? Water, all kind of funny animals in the water. There's even a donkey in the water. Don't ask me why. All right? There's a bird up there. You see the donkey there? Huh? This fellow riding donkey on the water. Plenty of water. They're all up there, you know, having a good time looking at the water, looking at the animals, looking at this fellow riding the donkey. All right? That's paradise. <clears throat> Let's try another one. Okay. Oh, this one a bit more stylo. <clears throat> wow, the throne of their God is there. <clears throat> wow, this is quite a city, man. Something like the radiant, glorious city. Quite high rise, right? <laughs> Plenty of water, man. Wow. Okay, man. Not bad. 
A lot of trees, eh? All right, huh? Okay. And various funny-looking animals that are somewhere hidden there. You can go back. Animals all flying up in the sky there. All right. Is this just the Chinese that think of it that way? Everybody seems to think of it that way. You can go to, you know, Tonga or whatever culture, and you can find everybody has this idea of a paradise lost. Chinese concept, next slide. This one is a bit more spiritual looking. <laughs> all right? Plenty of animals, all kinds. You name it, you got it. From cockroaches to butterflies to dragonflies to whatever, man. Can you all see? <clears throat> all right? <clears throat> You know, and you know, uh, the, 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 the big man on the throne, and the nice city, quite a nice, you know, a place, and my, it's, it's a pretty much a dream place, you know, Disney World or whatever. <clears throat> right. When Chinese die, what do they do? They bury their dead kings or whatever with tools, spoons to eat, shoes to wear, something to, you know, place for them to. For their bodies. Now, is this a kind of theology like, wow, this is so hard to believe? Really? Really? Isn't it impressed in all our hearts? That's what you want at the end of life to have gardens, water flowing. Trees, animals to hug, friends around you. Isn't that what you dream of? Everybody dreams that way. And then we end up with a cloud by yourself. How is that so? It's bizarre. How did Satan steal it? All right? But he did a good job, I must say that. He's the great deceiver. He makes you look at heaven as, Kayla, thank you God, I'm not going to hell. But not much of a God. Huh? You don't say it with your mouth. That's blasphemy. Say it in your head. All deceived. All right? And we don't know we are deceived. That's the master deception. If you know you're deceived, what's the big deal? You're deceived and you don't know. That is master deception. Okay? So, let me tell you what you will probably face in heaven. Not a cloud. When you are intermediate heaven, or the waiting room, or the transit room, yes. you got a spirit, what do you need? A nice house. For what? You float. That's fine. That's a transit. But your final home, Jesus said, let not your hearts be troubled. Believe in God. Believe also in me. In my Father's house are many rooms. If not so, would I have told you that I go to prepare a place for you? You know, when people go for holiday, they'll say, hey, pastor, I tell you, you must go to this place. The hotel is very nice. Well, I really... Okay? They can tell you about that hotel in Bali or whatever. You ever thought about your hotel room? that God is preparing for you. It took him six days to build the world. Literally. It's 2,000 over years to build your house for you. Can you picture it? Have you even tried? Okay. Customize. In my father's house are many rooms. I, Jesus said, I go and prepare a place for you. <clears throat> I who made heaven and earth will prepare a place for you. Does it boggle your mind? Does it blow your mind? Or is our mind dull and dead? Feasting. People say, Pastor, can eat in heaven. You think God give me a mouth for what? Taste buds for what? Smell for what? He resurrect my body, gives me taste buds, then I just go to heaven and say hallelujah. Is that? You know, the word feasting is found 400 over times in the Bible. One of the most used words in the Bible. What did Jesus say? I tell you, many will come from east and west, recline at the table with Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, and the kingdom of heaven. Is that plain English? To me, there's no theology involved in it, man. We're going to eat together, man. You know what's a great, one of the great pleasures of life? 
Don't be too spiritual. Say, don't think great pressure. Try study Bible, study Bible, study. Be honest. Have fellowship with your friends, with your wife, with your children around a table. Whatever culture you come from, I don't care. That's the dream of everybody. But in real life, how much time do we have for it? Just to get your kids together. For me, the last time we got all my kids together to sit with me was like, I don't know, seven years ago. Can you imagine that? That's spiritual? Yes! Because everything God makes is spiritual. Including my mouth, my taste buds, my nose, my scent, my smelling, my eyes to appreciate good things. Yes, it is. Okay. <clears throat> That's what Jesus did when he rose from the dead. Interesting. You think he rose from the dead and he will give up a theology lesson, right? Jesus said to them, come, have breakfast. Hold up. Huh? You were dead. You were mangled on the cross. You look so like a mass, a mass of meat there. You rise from the dead and you, instead of telling us what happened, you say, come have breakfast. Oh, this doesn't sound very spiritual to me. <laughs> but what is Jesus telling us? This is our life. Fellowship with God around a meal. All right? <clears throat> Too many verses to talk about feasting, all right? This, I'm just playing a few things, all right, about heaven and hell. Healthy feasting. Most of us feast, we feel guilty. I think so. I do anyway. <clears throat> yeah, I eat so much red meat. And some people are more vegan type. Hey, you know how many animals died? How many cruel? Uh, whatever, whatever. All right? Yeah, it tastes good, but you know. <clears throat> so, yeah, God gave us amazing amount of food to eat. He did tell them, every plant on this tree, it's fruit, eat, eat, eat. All right? Then foodies will ask me the next question. Can you eat meat or not? I'm getting down to earth, all right? <clears throat> Delicious or not? Every day eat vegetables, ah, Sienna, Pastor. Sorry, no meat. He'll wipe away every tear from their eyes. Death shall be no more. No cow will die. No chicken will die. No lobster will die for you. Oh, charma. Do I really want to go to heaven now? You think God is dead? You can fool God, right? I don't like death. In fact, when I watch nature shows, it freaks me out. The cruelty of the animal world to see, a, you know, one innocent little deer walking and then some fellow just whack the guy, bite his leg off, slowly bite his backside off. You know, it's horrible. And of course, if you see how they kill slaughtered chickens and pigs and your beef, you also will not eat beef. But that's not the point. Today, there's meat. I've eaten it myself. I think it's called impossible meat or something like that. It's a burger. My son brought me to eat it. It's a burger. Very expensive, $15 or whatever. But it tastes like beef. It, look at it. looks red like beef. Smell it. Smell like beef. You eat it and you honestly cannot tell. According to the restaurant, it's 100% vegetable. Apparently, there's a lot of it. I live in a little condo. Opposite my condo is a young man. One day I say, hey, you change job. Change job. What do you do now? I make lobster meat. I say, oh, sure. From what? Stem cells. Oh, okay. I say, good to eat. He said, not so good yet. But one day it will be very good. Lobster meat from stem cells. Obviously, it's possible, right? Now, the creativity of man to do good things without harming people is very possible. So for all you meat lovers, you can get even better Wagyu beef without having to force feed that cow and slaughter that cow. How? Man is made in the image of God. Creative, all right? So anyway, this is a sideshow. <clears throat> Continual worship. What will we do in heaven? Pastor, we worship God every day. What else do we do? See his face. 
What else do you do? Be in the presence of God. Wow, so spiritual, these people. Look at Jesus' face every day. <laughs> Two trillion years. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. What is worship? Worship is praising God. From every experience of God, every taste, every sight, every thing, every thought, every... Wow, imagine you traverse the universe, you see new flowers, you try new impossible meats, you try all this. Wow, God, amazing, huh? Wow, God, amazing, huh? Let's worship. No need guitar, no need worship team, no need. Whatever you do, you glorify God, all right? Eh? Here we worship once a week. Wow, after that, tired, Pastor, very long, you worship. Wow, Jonathan Chong takes so long, <coughs> right? <coughs> ever expanding. I love this. People ask me, will I ever be bored in heaven? I say, you mad. Huh? The Bible says, this sounds, uh, okay, God made the expense and separated the water to under the expense. This is the first chapter of the Bible. There's a word called expense. God's universe is expanding. <clears throat> well, if you go to Google and check, is the universe expanding? The answer is yes, definitely. It's always expanding. You see, how big is the universe, right? This morning I went to check my science facts before I preach. We are part of this Milky Way. I'm sure you all know this, huh? all right? The sun is one star in the Milky Way. One star. So we are a very big deal. We've got a sun, okay? And then eight planets around it. Venus, Jupiter, Wallow. Very big. But how many stars are there in the Milky Way? How many? You all study science or never? <clears throat> 200 million stars. 200 million suns, if I may put it. S-U-N-S. In the Milky Way alone. One galaxy. Next question. How many galaxies known to man today? 200 million unknown galaxies. Each one with 200 million stars inside. And this is what we know now. But according to Google, Wikipedia, etc., more and more are being discovered because the universe is ever expanding. Are you following me? So people say, hey, Pastor, after one trillion years, I saw every coral, I saw every flower, I saw every corner of the universe already, you know, of Singapore, of the Earth, I mean. You know, every part of the Niagara Falls I explore, I pick up every rock already. What else? Hey, friend, this earth is very tiny. Even today, men are already trying to fly here, fly there. What imagine with man's creativity? Where will we be? With a lighter body, where will we be? If we can go up 600,000 stories high, what is it to go to the next galaxy? Will you be born? Ha! That's my answer. Okay? Will there be Information in the new heaven? Will we be learning? Of course, because God's creation is ever-expanding and God's creativity is ever-never-ending. Will we have Instagram? Not Instagram, but better version. Why on Instagram? Because your friend went to that planet, he sent you something. Wow, this is new, man. <laughs> and then he thought his planet was very big. His other friends sent him another Instagram saying, yours is nothing, lah. you see this on what God does. Wow. Will we learn? Of course. Will we be entertained? Amazing. Entertained by what? Stupid humor? No. Entertained by God's amazing creation. So I see when people ask these questions, right? They have never thought of who God is. One thing that troubles a lot of fishermen here, a lot of fishermen here, the Bible says there will be no sea. Or chum. No sea. The sea is a septic tank for the world. You don't have a sea today, all the rotting meat from the rivers will just pile up and the sea will be one big rotting mess. Thank God for a salt sea that cleans the refuse of the world. One day you don't need a septic. 
Some of you are going to ask me, what's my digestion like? I don't know. I haven't gone that far yet. <clears throat> All right. But I can say, we don't need a sea. There will be lakes. And frankly, when you go to the sea, let's be honest, all you go see holiday, you jump in the sea or not? You see the sea only, la, let's be real. La. Then you go to a hotel swimming pool and swim. La. Come on, la, don't bluff me. Nobody likes sticky seawater, all right? <clears throat> Some crazy fishermen do, but not many, all right? Pets. Got pets or not? Oh, of course. You ask any kid, what is life? My teddy bear. You go to Japan, you bring a teddy bear, must, you know? Everybody likes to cuddle something, hug something. Teddy bear, bunny, I don't know, doggy, kitty, keeps changing, but always hugging. One day, you can hug everything. Tyrannosaurus. <coughs> Why not? God made it that way, Right? You know, will God create animals? Of course, Garden of Eden is full of animals. Jesus was born among animals. Revelation tells you, right? The wolf shall dwell with the lamb, the leopard shall lie down, the young goat, etc., etc., etc. Everybody be a friend. Right? This one, another thing. Pastor, I heard marriage, heaven, no marriage. Now, how? Wife, my best friend. Hey, friend, marriage is for reproducing, okay? You can have friends without having reproduction, get it? <clears throat> but only by having marriage you can reproduce, okay? Now, heaven, we don't need to reproduce. <clears throat> but we'll have the best friends. They say, my wife, how? She's my best friend now. I say, she will still be your best friend, but only one difference. You will have five billion other best friends. You see, on this earth, you have, can only handle one or two best friends. You know, any religion tells you you have two wives, you can handle both. I say, talk nonsense, <clears throat> Not easy. <laughs> Straight away, I say that religion, I cannot agree with it. I have a hard time just understanding one wife and <laughs> enjoying her, and she has a harder time understanding me and enjoying me because I'm quirky, I'm funny, I'm sinful, and so is she. But you know, one day we can all have five billion good friends, you know that? Does that boggle your mind? Now, if you, have a, if you go to old age and have five good friends, you're a rich man. Five you can really trust, you're a rich man. One day, billions. Really? Why? Of course. Nothing unclean will enter, nor anyone who does what is detectable or false. We cannot trust everybody. We don't know why people are nice to us in this sinful world. Hopefully, you can trust your wife. And maybe a few other people. But one day, you can trust everybody. Isn't that unreal? But it is real. All right, so set your mind on the final destination. To many, today, too many Christians have bucket lists. Hey, Pastor, I must see Niagara Falls before I die. Hey, Pastor, you went to Jerusalem. Right? I said, I've never been to Jerusalem. Huh? Why? I said, what for? I will be there every day. Not really. Uh. Every day I'll be there. Likely. New heaven, new Jerusalem. Why am I rushing to see Jerusalem now? I don't know. I don't know why they have a bucket list. You saw Niagara Falls. I will one day. One day I'll swim up, up the Niagara Falls. <laughs> and leap up, right? And then leap down. <clears throat> You're joking. No, I'm not joking. Real. You see, when people have a bucket list, they thought Satan stole the paradise. Before it's too late, I better taste a bit, see a bit, smell a bit, own a bit of it, or it's too late. And when they tell me that, I say, are you going to hell? They say, no, Pastor, I'm going to heaven. Then it will never be too late. It may be too early for you now to grab all that. You know why Christians today are useless for God? Most of you here. Because you're trying to grab something on this earth. <clears throat> Before it's too late. Because Satan has told you, eternity is a cloud. And I must experience the Niagara Falls before I die. That's a lie. We don't have a bucket list. We have a real list. That is amazing. 
If then you have been raised with Christ, see the things above where Christ is seated. Set your mind on things that are above, not on things. There are some things you can't do in heaven. You can't evangelize. There won't be any need to disciple anybody. There's no need to help the poor and the sick and the hungry. There's no need and no chance to do that. This is your chance. There are things you better put on your bucket list. It's not about Niagara Falls. It's about feeding the next hungry kid. Reaching the next lost soul. That's your bucket list. Not Satan's bucket list. Best investment plan. We all invest for the future. We work hard, so one day we'll run a company. One day we'll own a decent apartment. We all work hard for our future. Natural. But if your investment plan is bad, all right, and you don't lay out for yourself treasures in heaven, one day you will be in heaven and you will have rule over three goldfish and one cockroach. It's like your father telling you, you don't study hard now. Okay, one day you'll be a garbage collector and you'll eat the garbage, you understand? I was told that all my life. Okay, Papa, I work like study la, okay la, okay la, okay la, all right? But it's real. You don't want to work now, you eat garbage next time. You carry garbage, you eat garbage. I'm telling you the same thing. That's what Jesus is saying. All of us invest for the future. Name me one who doesn't. <clears throat> but most of our future is 30 years, 40 years, and then it's kaput. This is eternity. This is the best investment plan. For eternity, right? You say, go to heaven, all go to heaven, then what? What's, what's the big deal? What's the difference? All right? The one who conquers and who keeps my works unto the end, to him I'll give authority over the nations. The night will be no more. They will need no light of the Lamb's Son, for the Lord will be their light. They will reign forever and ever. Right? So you invest for what? One day? Just like as your papa told you, you work hard, one day you have a nice company, you own a nice house, you have nice kids, your business will be doing well, in the corporate role, you'll be doing well. You have people working for you. Oh, yes, Papa, that's why I study, go to university, go NUS, I go dog, like that. And then, after 40 years, all kaput again. <clears throat> but you know where this one? No. Some of you will reign over the three goldfish. Every day, you three goldfish. Hey, don't swim here, don't swim there. Cockroach, you jump, don't go down. Okay. <clears throat> then you pet the cockroach every day. <clears throat> Maybe you can go talk, touch other people's dinosaurs or tyrannosaurus, or maybe your friend can tell you, hey, I'm at this, this uh, galaxy up there, you should have come here. He said, cannot lie, cannot go. Lah. You know? <clears throat> Why? You didn't invest. So you still have heaven. You still have a final destination. It'll still be amazing, but it could be more amazing. Simple as that. The choice is yours. The theology is not complicated. The theology is simple. But we lost it. All right? So may God help us. So what's my whole story? The whole story is we're back to God's original plan. What's God's original plan? Genesis chapter 1. <laughs> Let us make man our image after our likeness. Let them have dominion over the fish, over the sea, over the birds of the heavens, over the livestock, over all the earth, and over every creeping thing. What was God's original plan to Adam? Simple. I'm the ruler. I'm God. I'm sovereign. But I appoint you to be my sub-rulers. Adam, you rule over this wonderful garden of Eden. Expand it. Make it as majestic, as God-glorifying as ever. All the animals are yours to rule over. All the plants are yours to rule over. Everything. Magnify me through this. That was a garden. Now we have galaxies, new heavens, new earth to rule over. Has the plan changed? No. Lucerne, I appoint you to do this. Mary, I appoint you to do this. Ah, got it. Has it changed? Genesis 1 to Revelation 22? Same. So, what's the end of my sermon? God wins. Satan is defeated. 
And if we believe God, we will win too. <clears throat> That's all it is. Right? And we'll win big time. You will all win. This or size you cannot imagine. We'll all be winners in a new heaven and new earth. Let us pray. Father, thank you for this simple theology. I know it's not complicated. It's actually quite logical. And we pray, God, that you guide each of us to realize you had a great plan in Genesis and nobody could steal that. Some thought, some fool thought he did, but you magnified it. You enlarged it. And you always win. So God, help us to trust you. Help us to love you. Help us to worship you. Even at the end of this sermon, say, God is amazing. There is none like our God. Help us, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen.